We're here at New York Comic Con. I have a cold. I'm blowing my nose. We're waiting to get into a hopelessly long line to get in the NIS America panel, which is in a hopelessly small room, or a series of three very small rooms. We've just seen a family cosplaying as uh, Doctor Who with a little kid and like the a little Dalek. But you saw a better kid earlier. Well, I saw a younger, smaller kid who was only sort of barely able to walk in the costume, but it's a Dalek costume, so when he would kind of slip and fall, the costume would support him. So like a Dalek walker, is that what you're saying? No. Alright, so yeah, we got in, we got into the super crowd. It's actually much bigger in here than they implied, and I think the previous panel got out late. Uh, I'd hate to see the mob scene at the Funimation panel. I wonder if a lot of people had my idea, which is to come here instead of going to the Funimation panel. You know, you don't even know who NIS is. I'll explain it to you. You know that, those big box sets for, like, Wagnaria working and Awihana and those? And You mean the ones that you would buy at a tremendous markup because you could resell them and then damage, so you couldn't resell them anymore? You okay. mean those? <laughs> I did drop the Wagnaria box, and it dented, but I still resold it. I'm not saying it a profit, but it wasn't that great of a loss because they only make like a few hundred of each one, so it sells out. You can hardly find them. Oh, there's our pod, our other uh, anime journalist buddies. Um, yes, it's that company where you can't rent their DVDs for love or money, and there's basically no way except for pre-ordering or buying used copies to actually get their stuff. Which actually, I think a lot of people really hate, but I. That's a stable market model, and it comes with nice art books, some better than others. They did Arakawa Under the Bridge, which you couldn't really watch anywhere else. The art book for that was okay. Anohana. And Anohana, which is actually good. Although there was a big box for House of Five Leaves, but it, why do I think the right stuff put that out? No, I'm thinking of Restaurant Paradiso, right stuff is putting that out. House of Five Leaves uh, had a very mediocre art book and a disc replacement program, but they did replace the disc, so because of the audio trouble. But that's a pretty good show. I, mean, I think that's a good market model for like really small titles that only 300 people are going to buy anyway. Yeah, make them pay a billion dollars for them. It's not a billion. Think about that Ronma VHS sub tape that you bought in 1992. Yeah. That probably cost the same as an NIS box. Is that true? Well, per minute of the anime. I don't actually know. Whatever. All right. I mean, it's, yeah, I, th- I think it's a fine, if weird, model. I don't understand what the demand is for those things. The art book and the cool box and the little tchotchke that comes with the thing. There's no tchotchke, but the box doesn't fit on your shelf. Uh, oh, yeah, Kimi ni no Todoke, my arch enemy. That's your nemesis? Yeah, that's my nemesis is your... It was pr- I wanted to like it more. It was pretty, but it's like the same thing as every anime. Okay, so here we are with a bunch of podcast people. I think almost everyone has a show. Maybe not, Dave. Um, and we're going to go around and give like highlights or lowlights of the convention. Introduce yourself first. Do you want to? Should we start with you? And then. Hi, my name is Dave um, Cabrera. Is also my last name. I do a lot of work for Anime News Network, including the Toy Column, which is what I'm on about right now. I'm on official business with ANN, and more importantly, I'm very tired. You said you were going to say you were really tired over and over. Do you have like a 
a single triumph or total fail kind of moment? Hmm. You know what? Let's go around and do the introductions while I think of one. Uh, I'm Alan, otherwise known as C-Suite from Reverse Thieves, uh, otherwise known as the least popular member of the Reverse Thieves. And, and well, the other one is just easily the more popular one. I am here just being a person. Okay. I'm Pat from, uh, well, I just started a new blog, thecockpit.net, and on Twitter I'm Pat's Prime. I'm going to let someone else tell their story because I'm still thinking. Okay. Hi, I'm uh, Shad. I'm Al's roommate, and that's pretty much about the extent of my ties to this little group here. I went to junior high with Shad. Anyway, um, at the Shonen Jump panel, at the Shonen Jump Alpha panel, I've never seen an audience so enthusiastic about the product, and I've never seen an audience lose their enthusiasm so quickly when it was revealed that the panel was about making them buy Shonen Jump. They were really into it for like the first five minutes. Like, hey, we're going to give you all this stuff. Yeah, on your phone, on your computer, whatever. We're going to give you this stuff. And then this big number comes up on the screen. A shocking $26 a year. And the silence was tangible when this number came up. Nobody knew what this thing was, and nobody expected like money to be involved. The room went absolutely quiet from that point on for pretty much the entire duration of the panel through there. The room was just like uncooperative and like chattering amongst themselves. And keep in mind, this is like $26 got involved. And no, no, they revolted. There was a guy in my row, a couple, seat, a couple seats to the right, who just kept yelling talk about Naruto over and over and over again because they never did. Um, so that was, I'm not sure where that counts a con highlight or low light. The highlight was um, the Yuasakawa Q&A. My uh, article on ANN is just about how Moe Yuasakawa was, and that's pretty much it. It's the one I enjoyed the most. Mm, um, she's a voice actress who like played Luca, the Vocaloid, and she has an English Twitter account where she just talks about having gotten drunk the previous night. That's why she's so cool. Um, somebody asked her, for example, she played Ryder in Fate Stay Night, and they asked her, hey, hey, you must be a huge Fate Stay Night fan, right? Like, I bet you knew a ton of stuff about Fate Stay Night, like me. I know a ton of stuff about Fate Stay Night. Let's talk about Fate Stay Night. Who's your favorite character? Blah, blah, blah. I would like to say that person in the audience was not me. Just It wasn't Al. Al wasn't around. And she just said that Ryder was the best and her master was stupid. And when, like, other audience members asked for more details, she just said, well, Ryder's the prettiest and she's the best. And her master is stupid and Ryder has big boobs. I like her the best. And she wouldn't deviate from that theme, so that's why she's the best. Yeah, those are my lows and highs of the, pan of the con. Right? In conclusion, I'm still very tired. Read Koaiko-chan comics at koaikochans.tumblr.com. I'm sorry, Koaiko-chan, no plural, at tumblr.com. Thank you. Yeah, it's my comic. Oh, I didn't know you drew a comic. Or do you draw it? Draw a comic. Do you know Kamipo, the, the CG like comic program? I use the default characters in that comic, yeah. Nobody uses it. I'm like one of, I think, three people on the entire internet who uses this program. And I do like a Moe Forkoma gag comic about video games written in like the deformed language of a bad translation. All the comics have like 10 TL notes on them, and they, they say, you know, kawaii and sugoi and all that. And I have fan art, but I can't show it because it's a podcast. Anyway, moving along. So you bought a bunch of, um, not Excalibur, it's <laughs> whatever her name is, from Fate Stay Night. 
Saber. You got a bunch of Saber stuff. Was that your highlight? Uh, no, but that was pretty cool. My uh, my actual highlight was my Akawano because we rarely we rarely get mangaka, and she was rather talkative. A lot of times you get you know either a very Japanese answer or a very here are three words and then what do you call it? Next question. So she engaged with the audience. She was you know she wasn't super talkative. Um, like some of the like super old people who like don't care no more and just feel like yeah so this guy he's a bastard and this person they totally screwed us over and he's the real deal but she's powerful enough or at least old enough that she can say some stuff but still has to hold a little back so that's always uh, useful worst panel I went to just came from was was a panel about it's Labeled like strong female characters in an, in anime, uh, no, sorry, in fantasy and science fiction from Buffy to Le- uh, Princess Leia. So I'm getting down, ready to this panel, and they start the panel. Who here likes Buffy? Yay! Who here likes Princess Leia? Yay! All right, now I'm gonna sell my book, and it's oh. <laughs> and it's 45 minutes of this. This duo just selling the book they wrote, and it's like they barely every once in a while we're like, "Oh, let's tangentially touch on that topic." All right, let's sell our book buy again. The book, buy the book. Buy the book. Is the book about that? Uh no. See, I'm kind of tempted not to tell what the title of the book was or anything about it because then if I say it on the podcast, it's like they win. Right. Okay. Oh man, there's a freaky all-white Mario with, like, a gold glitter bodysuit. <clears throat> Did you guys see the size-appropriate or inappropriate King Hippo cosplayer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saw that guy around. Um, that was terrifying. Did you see him lose his pants? Uh, he didn't, he, hopefully he didn't lose his pants for real. That would that'd be rough. Yeah, when you, when that you was terrifying. He is King Hippo. He, yeah, he is. I don't know if he should be proud or well, extremely minute, sad. I thought he was, he was Butterbean. And I mean that. I really did. It was... That Butterbean? No. It's a King Hippo cosplayer. Butterbean was down the hall. So you guys want to hit your highs and lows? Sure. My high is the other mangaka that was here, which was Masakazu Ishiguro. Sorimachi is his big title. It's on J-Manga. But it's like, and the town moves. Yeah, and, and yet the town moves, yeah. He's done a bunch of other really quirky stuff, and he was kind of cool. It was... They had a great Q&A with him and his editor, who's also the editor of Young King R's. And they were cool together. I got to get their auto- or his autograph, which was really nice. Did one of them wear, like, a really loud outfit, like, all red with, like, pink shoes or something? Not that I recall, no. There was a Japanese guy around that was obviously a guest who wore these crazy outfits both days. And I was trying to figure out, like, is he the author of something? If I go up to him, like, hey, sensei, like, is that, I don't know. I never figured it out. This guy, Ishiguro was really really timid and clearly just shy about being there his uh editor really carried the whole thing but they were still really cool together and it was cool to see him there jay manga's panels were unique in that they like to make people scream way too damn much and make people dance for prizes yeah i watched that too yes oh yeah the other panel they did that at both of them the other highlight i don't want to call it a low but it's not really a high either was the Tiger and Bunny panel yesterday. Oh, that was fascinating. They managed to make Japanese guests, including the translation, really exciting for the crowd. And the way they managed to do it, 
I'm going to go into it, I guess, is that it was blatantly scripted. Like, you could not miss the fact that this panel was scripted in some way. There would be points where they'd ask the the guests, who were the producer and the character designer, who's your favorite character from the show, or who are you most like? And they said, uh, Fire Emblem, if you've seen Tiger and Bunny. And instantly, pictures of him go up on the slideshow on the screen. Later on, they asked the producer, so um, what do you like to do when you're not working? After trying to fight an answer out of him, he goes, oh, I like to walk my dog. Pictures of his dog went up on the slideshow. So they clearly had this thing planned, but I can't really knock them for it. Also, towards the end of the panel, when they exited the PowerPoint, it was completely clear that all the slides were definitely in order. So that means that the entire... Not only were they picking... They weren't even picking out images. The whole thing was front-to-back scripted. And the really interesting thing about this is that it was sort of a comedy panel in that it was like a scripted comedy panel where these guys were having like this this Monzai, like straight man, funny man thing going going back and forth. And every so often, like the... The translator would make absolutely sure that some comical aside was heard by the crowd. Like, even if the guy just muttered it, like, hey, what are you talking about over there? Like, that kind of thing. I'm not that old. Like, that stuff. It's like a, a DVD extra. Yeah, yeah, it was like a DVD extra. And it was really entertaining for the crowd, and it was more entertaining than some of the stuff that I watched. But it was clearly scripted. Yeah, there were points where they actually tripped over each other a few times and would have to go back and repeat finish up the lines because the other one said the punchline already that's the thing about it it made it fun and the crowd was actually into it also at one point the character designer drew a sketch of goku that was really awesome and then they wouldn't give it away so okay scripted gag they tell him to draw a hero and then take a long pause and do something else and say it looks like katsura is done over here and he holds up his pad and batman is on it and the crowd goes wild. They say, oh, you silly man, get back to work, try it again. And he pauses again. They do some other stuff. Five minutes later, it looks like Katsura is done with his drawing again. And he holds up a picture of Goku. And the crowd goes wild. And then he drew Tiger, but that wasn't as funny. But then they would only give away the Tiger one because of legal issues. Yeah, as far as panels go, I'd say the one that I ended up enjoying the most was the panel about Remember Me, one of Capcom's new games. I mean, I generally look for, like, yeah, video game coverage at these things. And I was just surprised about the amount of content they gave the audience. Like, it, you know, it actually felt like an informative, you know, use of my time. As for, as for Lowe's in general, I got the, I got the impression this year that, that, that IGN Theater is now this kind of impregnable fortress unless you have access to a VIB pass. So I didn't even, I, I didn't even set foot in there the whole time. I did hear at one point I walked by sort of the IGN entrance and there was, like, this weird sireny thing went off and it was like whoop whoop and someone else was like that's the signal the IGN theater's full close it down close down the line and like the line had snaked out and I'm like has this siren been going off all weekend it sounds ridiculous how early did you show up for that uh, for the Firefly oh I was yeah I showed up for the Firefly plant panel uh, like three hours ahead but I, I I went first to the to the queue hall and that's where we were told that the IGN theater was you know was closed up for the evening like a fool, I took their words for it, only to hear from my coworkers later on that, like, oh yeah, we got in after it started. Yeah, that's that's terrific. It seems like since they, you know, ever since they introduced that Q hall where you can just watch panels on the uh, on the screen, there they just kind of treated like their go-to refugee camp for anyone who wants to see the other panels. This 
I guess that's just how it's going to be from now on. There's kind of a refugee camp feel. I think Noah's giving the signal that we have to go and meet our other friends. He's giving the cutoff signal. Texting. I don't know, whatever. Uh, I was going to say my highlights and lowlights of the con were a highlight. It's definitely, I got Moyoko Ano's autograph, although I did not. I don't know. We all kind of got Moyoko Ano's autograph. And I think it was a pretty good panel because a lot of the people who were there were sort of like vertical fans. And so nobody was particularly obnoxious or unfamiliar with her work. Also, it was early enough in the morning. Well, 11 a.m. is not that early. But only one guy was a total freak wearing a horse head who took it off and then asked a question about Hideki Ano, who had not come up during the duration of that panel. But that wasn't the low light. I don't know. Maybe that uh, King Hippo is the light of light of my con. It was kind of weird at the NIS panel. Not NIS. At the J-Manga panel. It was so ridiculous. And making people scream to get free J-Manga stuff was hard on my ears. Yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was weird. And their dance contest turned into a sort of dance-off, which was not... Oh, and I think one of the more hilarious lowlights is watching the Berserk trailer... The Berserk trailer had like almost a Disney guy voice narrating it. It was like, two men born under evil signs. Two men born under an evil sign. Their only savior is within their hands. Was it destiny? Or was it just a cruel twist of fate? And then it ended with something like, they have only two choices, fight or die tried. Only one decision remains, to fight or die. It didn't even make sense. Like, the script was so terrible and the CG was so bad. I don't know. That was, it was pretty cheesy. I was the only one laughing, though. It was like an awkward moment. Like, does no one else get how cheesy this is? But I think uh, in reverse, in compared to what Dave was saying about the guy, kid behind him yelling, talk about Naruto through the whole Viz panel. The Viz panel I went to, Viz Media, they did talk about Naruto a lot. To dead silence. Almost no one, even the people dressed as Naruto, no longer cheered for the fifth Shippuden movie. No one cared about that trailer. No, almost no one cared about like the 13th Shippuden box set apparently it's now the 10th anniversary of Naruto and they're doing things for the 10th anniversary and there are 500 episodes of the show of which I can guarantee I, can, I know a fifth are good one fifth ish if you add up 500 no 500 episodes of Naruto total I think total all series combined I think all series combined I wouldn't say yes one fifth are probably any good but that's still 100 episodes out of 500 I don't know. How many episodes of The Simpsons are any good anymore? Like, less than one-sixteenth of all episodes? <laughs> I'm not really sure. Anyway, before we go, do you want to give your con highlights and lowlights, or no? you want to stay off the air? I was totally into the alien's exoskeleton setup, where you could climb up and pretend to be Ripley fighting an alien. Oh, I didn't get that you could climb inside it. I just thought it was a sculpture. Oh, is that why everyone was gathered? I'm in, and they have, like, cameras mounted, and you get a little postcard of you in the exosuit, so that was awesome. You don't then say, oh, no, I'm going to die or go to alien prison. I'm not really. Or You say, get away from her, you bitch, is what you say. That's not an exosuit. If you power loader. If you used it as an exosuit, you would die in the vacuum of space. Um, I think exo, like in, as an exoskeleton is a, a suit that's outside of you that you're using. I'm sure it's an argument that's gone on through the entire convention by multiple groups of nerds all weekend as they walk by the thing. So, uh... 
Anything else? Any low? Any low lights? You didn't see the King Hippo, did you? Huh? You didn't see the King Hippo guy, did you? No, but I did see an age-appropriate Ash Ketchum. That was pretty good. That was really cute. We saw someone who turned out to be a Gravity Falls cosplayer. That show is gaining traction, apparently, in internet fandom, but we didn't figure out who it was. And then Noah was like, Gravity Falls. So then my TA, who likes that, who loves that show, she did not get into the con, but I think she was going to shoot video outside. I don't know if she did or not. And did you want to add anything, your low points or high points? No. You were so miserable during the NIS panel where you just made faces and acted like a jerk. What was, what, why? Look, I mean, I'll say the same thing that I've said every time we've gone to New York Comic Con for the past, I don't know how many years, which is, I don't like the shilling. It really bugs me. It bugs me more that everyone else does like the shilling. So, I love the shilling, especially Yvonne. Because it surprised Noah. Like at the at the NIS panel, they gave they had a raffle, they gave a bunch of stuff. And when they were done giving away stuff, and they started the Q and A session, everyone left. And Noah was like, "Oh, all these people were here for free stuff." And Noah was like, "I can't imagine anyone coming to a panel for free stuff." I don't care about the shilling. I just like annoying Noah. Right. That well. So yes, that's that's why I take exception. I don't I don't like humans. All right. I don't like humans. I mean, I, lo- I love them. I created them. But I, I, don't, I don't like them in this context. That's why I was, I was upset. Oh, and I did, like, tweeted about it. But at the Rose of Versailles panel, which we heard someone pronounces, are you going to the Rose of... Versailles. Versailles panel. So, Versailles. This Vicky is an online uh, streaming site that's legal, but they do fan translations for some reason, whatever. They started streaming Rose of Versailles and write stuff is uh, picking it up. But they said, when they launched their company, they're like, what titles should we get? And Erica Friedman was like, Rose of Versailles. And they were like, done. For some reason, like, that title has eluded distributors and also manga publishers for 15 years of fandom where people would trade the VHS tapes of that show and it's from the 70s and whatever. And finally, this one channel's like, yeah, bring it, whatever, we'll show it. And there's an out, there's a fan cry for it. And they show that other creators work like Brother Dear Brother, which is pretty good. But, uh... I don't necessarily like their not paying translators model. That's kind of iffy. But oh well, I guess we should wrap it up. But well, I, mean, I don't like their not paying translators model in as much as I'm friends with translators who are working for bottom dollar. However, I acknowledge that people have been doing fan translation for zero for a long time and that sadly is the market. Sorry, Paul Starr and Melissa Tanaka. Sorry. What about no. There's the guy in Gunbuster who's based on an American translator who worked at Viz. Oh, yeah, but that's a long time ago. I know, but he was... still working? No, he got out of it because... Right. Yeah, well... Because sorry. the bottom dropped out when Tokyo Pop upped their translation schedule uh, and stopped flopping manga, he was out of job. Yep. There you go. Not my fault. Chico